Welcome everybody to another episode of Driven Minds. This is host Franz Bowman. It's your co-host Trav Weeks. We have another lovely special guest Indeed. in the building today. Superwoman in the building. Absolutely, a uh, tech taste maker. Mm-hmm. You know, a Huffington Post contributor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty seventeen Forbes thirty under thirty inductee. Amazing. Emmy Award winner. Ooh. What? The list keeps going. I, I know, right? Just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Anything else I don't know? Like, uh, CEO up? of HerAgenda.com. CEO. It's beautiful. Ronisha Bing, everybody. You guys, that was incredible. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, who are you talking about? Is that me? Is that me? Or is it the wrong person today? No, nah, it's definitely you. Thank you for coming. Definitely Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It was definitely a pleasure to have you on. Um, we've met a couple times, um, and I've always heard about the brand, and you guys, you guys have a, a really strong presence on social media. Um, tell the people exactly what is Her Agenda and um, what does the platform entail? Sure. So Her Agenda is a digital media platform bridging the gap between ambition and achievement for millennial women. And we do that using content and community. We really believe like you can't be what you can't see. So we highlight women who are in positions of power. We tell their story, how they got to where they are, advice that they have for women coming behind them. And we give access to a database of resources. So you know they have that quote, it's very cliche, but your network determines your net worth. True indeed. And so you need to be in the room, connecting with people, building, advancing your skill set. And you can't be in the room if you don't know the room exists. So we Mm. literally have a database where we curate all of the professional events and networking opportunities that are happening that you need to know about and literally put on your agenda. So it's a basic combination of content and community and access to resources. And the motto is, of course, no one ever slows her agenda. So whatever your goal is, go for it. Don't let anything stop you. And we created a platform that enables you to do that. Nice, nice, nice. So what, when did you start that, actually? I started it in college. In college. 2008, in my dorm room. <laughs> so did you see, like, a lack in that, in this sphere of um, women empowerment and a platform for, you know, get your voice out? Did you see? Or, or yeah, at the time, women empowerment was not a term that people were, were familiar mm. with. Now it's trendy. All these ad companies use that term, empowerment. But at that time, there was nothing. And I, there was one website and it was like very pink. It had like a picture of a heel on it. And this is cheesy. I'm not relating to this. And it was older women, mostly white women. And I'm like, okay, I need to create a platform that just shows these amazing women, diverse women out here that are doing their thing to inspire girls like me that maybe don't have access to these type of women to show them that it's possible to do what you want to do, to go after your career, to live your passion. If you don't see that growing up, that yeah. it's hard to actually think that that's possible for you to do. And I was really inspired. It started when I was in high school mm-hmm. because I started in high school and I got access to a lot of mentors, women in power who were editors at magazines, hosts of radio shows. Like my first internship was with, with, with um, Rakia Mays who hosted a show on Hot 97 and Kiss FM. So I would go up to the radio station. I saw the magic that happened behind the scenes and saw it's just real people behind the scenes that are working. And it's pretty easy to get there if you follow a certain path. But 
again, my peers weren't seeing that because I'm just like a weird nerd. And in high school, I wanted to do internships <laughs> yeah, right. and work for people. So in high school, you were going to yeah. And then I really yeah, right. developed. Definitely nice. <laughs> I didn't even know they existed. Probably <laughs> I developed a following because I started blogging about my day to day. And Seventeen mm. Magazine published my URL in their contributor section, and it opened wow. up the floodgates essentially. And girls to this day still follow me who saw me in Seventeen Magazine like wow. ten years ago. So. That's like um, going back pretty far. Like what, you know, it takes a lot. First of all, it takes a lot to somebody just, you know, people can acknowledge that, you know, something is missing, right? Like something is missing in this field. Like it needs to be a platform. But for somebody to take the step out to go out and create something, where does that come from? Like who inspires you or what? Where does that, where, where did you find that, you know, to make that happen? Well, I'm from Brooklyn. Hey. Just hey. a hustler. I just, I, I like to do things. I, I felt something in me. I knew I was passionate about media, and I always knew the power of media because I had seen it. I was part of it. And I also witnessed the power of it by being even elevated with Seventeen Magazine and all the other publications I was mm. working with. I knew that influence that media had on people especially young people and i just really felt like it was up to me to to create that just because i don't know it it made sense i had this motto no one ever slows her agenda i had a following so i felt like i had to do something i felt i had a responsibility to really do something with all of my talent all the access that i had i knew it wasn't just for me to have access or to take cool pictures with celebrities it was for a reason and I realized that reason once I started to learn more about the women's movement and the lack of women in positions of power and just reading those letters that I would get from the girls asking career-related questions. I just knew there was literally this gap that needed to be filled and who else is going to fill it? And there was no one else at the time that I saw that could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up, I did research on organizations that might, might have been doing it, but no one was doing it in terms of like connecting media and content to resources and opportunities in a way that was relatable to young people. Right. So, in in terms of your uh, your mat- your maturation in this field, like in the beginning, like was there any? You said that there wasn't anybody in the space mm-hmm. that you were thinking of creating, but was there anybody that kind of filled that? Uh, I guess that um, void for leadership for you, like. Um, what it's kind of so books cliche were you into, again, or? Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's the second time this week. Oprah <laughs> was the ultimate role model. She started list. out in as a traditional journalist. She was a reporter for a local news station. Mm. Then she eventually got her own talk show, and of course had to do the traditional, you know, trashy topics and stuff oh. like that. And then she had an aha moment, is what she calls it, and decided to use her platform for good and for positive things and. I look at her really as a blueprint because she then, you know, took ownership over her show and became a CEO and also a journalist and used the power of media to change people's perspective and change their lives. Something else that I use when I describe her agenda is we want to change the perception of opportunity for millennial women. And we do that using our what does content. That mean? Change the perception of opportunity. So like the perception of what you think is possible for you. So mm. like for me, for example, Whenever I find out about another opportunity, like uh, say there's like a grant, like 
the small business association is giving away like a million dollar grant to an entrepreneur that motivates me and like really ignites me to keep pushing because I'm like I need to put in this application I could get a million dollars and do XYZ so if you put that opportunity in front of me and I know that that's a goal that I can go for it fuels me to get better to become better to keep building to work towards getting that opportunity definitely got you got you um, so you've used social media a lot for your company and your presence. Talk about the power of branding and how you were able to cultivate, you know, your community through social media. Um, so I started branding before I even knew what it was. I printed business cards when I was 16. And yo, the business were, yo, who were you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just trying to like, get this. Like, I recalled oh, being in the mall. I literally felt like it was, it's funny. It was like a calling because I figured out what I wanted to do with my life. And it was like everything clicked. Right, right, and right. so I grew up in New York and I knew all the media companies were in New York. And sure. so mm. because of that and because of the mentors I had and the programs that I was in, like all these teen journalism programs, I was coming across a lot of professionals and they all had cards. So I went on Vistaprint mm-hmm. and printed my own cards. And I had a motto on the card that said, no one ever slows her agenda. Wow. So you and had so that, the motto before you actually had... Her is that agenda? an acronym yeah. for your name? It's an acronym for my name, which is Nisha. People call me Nisha. It's pretty lit. I like that. Yeah. It's dope. Um, it's, it's so random. So I started with that and people would remember me because of that, because I had yeah. the card because I had the motto. And then when Twitter came along, I just put in my Twitter bio and people remembered it. And I just really make it easy for people to put me in a box, even though obviously you don't want to be put in a box, quote unquote. But when it comes to networking and branding, people have to know what category you fit into so that they know how to connect you or help you. Mm. I always say people want to help you, but you have to show them how. And you show them by what you tell them when you meet them, what you show them on social media in terms of your work and what's in your bio and things like that. And for Mm. me, that was always very consistent. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to write stories. I wanted to, you know, I cared about women. And so all of those narratives helped people to figure me out really quickly and connect me with opportunities. So like one example of something that happened because of Twitter actually is, so I meet a lot of people and I would just follow them on Twitter and they follow me back. And I could have one conversation with them, but we because of how I engage on Twitter, I share articles that are relevant to my industry. I share some personal and I share some work. It's like a mix. I have a rule of thirds. Mm-hmm. And okay. so they're able to see kind of my world and feel like they know me. So this one guy I met because we did a story on him when I was interning at NBC. He was the youngest reporter in New York City. He was on air and everything. He was like younger than me. Kept in touch with him on Twitter. He ended up being becoming the digital director at Hot 97. They had a meeting about doing some like some special on black history makers, people making history behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And he put my name forth. Literally after only meeting him once, he followed me on Twitter, saw what I was doing with her agenda and put my name forth. This ad starts running all over New York City. Everyone's texting me like, we hear your name on Hot 97. I'm like, wow. what are you talking about? They didn't even tell me. I wasn't at Hot 97 for anything. And then it took me a while to actually connect that it was him. But that's just one of many examples. Like people think of you, you're top of mind for a certain thing. Like if I think of who are ambitious millennials in New York, I should automatically think, let me hit up Driven Society because they would know. Right. So you just have to be unapologetic about what it is that you want and constantly put it out there and don't be afraid because you're going to seem annoying to some people, but to most people, they're going to be like, I get it. 
Yeah, that's I, I wanted to come to that because <laughs> as um as a young woman in largely a male dominated sphere, talk about a little bit about your like your executive presence. Like what are, what are some uh, things that you you did to uh, assert yourself and in in addendum to that I want you to also talk about kind of like the tone in your writing or the tone in your communication. What mm-hmm. is that largely based on? Well, I'm not apologetic at all. When I'm in a room, I'm there. I'm not apologizing for being there. Mm. And part of that is because, again, my mentors who taught me and showed me what I needed to do in order to um, be heard. Whenever I'm in a room, I'm just like, I don't feel like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here or, oh, I'm lucky to be here. I'm like, I deserve to be here. One of my mentors, her name is Ty Beauchamp. Mm. and she's really big in the field of media and I've known her for 10 years and one of the first things she told me was you are equipped like you have it already in you you just have to become it and so I always believe that once you know someone who's not your mom or your mm-hmm. your family says that you are great and amazing you really start to believe it mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I just really embodied that and also too when it comes to writing I just was really adamant about studying the craft of journalism and took classes and took courses and really took it seriously and looked at the feedback that I got and put myself in situations where I was able to have my writing torn apart so that I understood how to put a story together in a way that made the most sense and I didn't feel any type of way about it. You know, I like that. I like that that type of, that's a really special quality that you find a lot in people of success that kind of lay it out there for that, um, you know, positive direction. Yeah. Not every, not every time, like, sometimes you might feel like you're being chastised, but that's not true. Like, it's somebody's hard, just though. like, yeah, it's, di- it's difficult to take, like, critique. Yeah, especially about. in front of people. Yeah. You can't be afraid to, to look stupid in front of people. That's the thing. You have to be able to just, like, say, okay, this is my idea. That's terrible, Ranisha, or that's cliche, or that's, you don't open an article with a question. Like, mm-hmm. are you 12? <laughs> like, <laughs> you just have to put yourself out there. And what helped is just, I grew up in newsrooms. So I grew up at pretty much 30 Rock in their newsroom, WNBC. Wow, Whenever you have a news meeting and they decide the stories of the day, everybody's invited, including interns. Mm. And so I would show up and I was also part of a program called the Emma Bowen Foundation. And so me being there in the newsroom, I knew I wasn't representing just me. I was representing that program. Mm. And so I knew even if I felt like I didn't have anything to say, I had to say something because I was representing not just myself, the program, and then the possibility for other interns to come behind me because obviously budgets and and media is not doing that well. So they're constantly reevaluating if they should continue that program. Mm. So I knew I had to show and prove and it wasn't just about me. And then when I worked professionally, I was at Huffington Post and it wasn't as intense because it wasn't in person that we had to pitch. It was over email and several editors on the thread. So they all see the corrections that need to be made, the initial headlines oh, that damn, you put that's forward. like everybody, everybody. Mm-hmm. Wow. So <laughs> you can't be afraid to look stupid. You have to put yourself out right. there. <laughs> Did you have more than one mentor? I have like about 20. Wow. <laughs> maybe How? more or less. And they're not all consistent. I would say maybe 10 that I'm consistent with. And then the others have been just people who have been in my life for a time. Okay. Like through a program that I did or something like that. And Mm. I might keep in touch once in a blue. 
But yeah. How do you go about even like attaining a mentor? Because I know it's it's hard for some people out there to you know find somebody that's willing to give up that information and you know mm-hmm. show them the steps. Is it like a um a formula you use to get you know because that that's like really key for success you know. I think the cheat code is to just do the work, yeah, what's the do cheat your code? best work, and put yourself in the places and spaces that they are especially today it's so easy like say Soledad O'Brien is one of someone that you want to be your mentor Mm -hmm. she posts her public her speaking schedule all the time you could literally show up at her speaking events and say hi then you could maybe say something very specific like hi I wanted to get your opinion on XYZ do you have a card or something some way I can reach out to you then actually follow up most of the time people go to these events they collect cards they never send an email because they think they have nothing to say but mm. you have to start the relationship early before you have to ask for anything yeah, I definitely so get that because you don't want to like you're thinking like oh I don't want to waste this person's time exactly. I don't really have anything to contribute but that's it's true like, but if like I had a friend of mine I met somebody that I thought like yo you need to connect with this dude this dude walks around with his business card for like two years never hit him up I'm like you never hit him up He's like, nah, what I'm going to tell him, that, that, but you have his business card on you, though. Wait, you talking about me? No. I ain't blowing my like that. No, no, no. It's my guy, but I'm like, yo, like, you know what I mean? Like, some people do feel like that. So you would say, you would suggest to send an email, spark dialogue. Yeah. And then mentorship is a two-way street, right? So I say do the work, like, be the best, be the superstar, Mm -hmm. and you will attract mentors because they want a return right they want to so feel true. good about giving you advice and, and know that you are going to take that advice and act on it and become your best self or surpass them even mm. and it's a mm. two-way street in that sense so like if you invest in yourself and make yourself the superstar you will attract the right people that will help you and become your mentors and right. it'll be natural it will be organic and also too it's a two-way street so you also have to offer them something like don't just say can i pick your brain or even ask them to be your mentor. I, w- I never ask anyone to be my mentor. But you go to them with something very specific that you need help with, or you, if you don't have anything you need help with, ask them what they need help with. Like, hey, I noticed that you are working on a book. Can I help you with some of the research? Like, are you taking on any fellows or assistants or anything like that? That's usually how I get my way in. Just know what you're good at and, and offer that to them. That's amazing. Gosh, gosh. Just real quick. So you mentioned something that sparked my interest. You said you have a rule of thirds. Uh-huh. What are some of Ronisha's uh, mechanics for success? Like what are what are like some so some of the secret sauce? Yeah. yeah. Some of so there's a rule of thirds where <laughs> w- can you express that? So again? that's on Twitter, and I've not been so good about Twitter lately because it's it's just too much with the politics and stuff. True, true. But. Um, so one third of my updates will be industry related news and content so that people know that I'm up to date on what's happening in my industry and also it's just like I serve as a resource for other people in terms of getting information Um, and then also a third will be personal updates just like little stuff like hey I'm being interviewed by this podcast or hey you know this weekend I'm going to brunch like what are you guys' favorite brunch places obviously that's not what you say on Twitter but you know like personal things Um, what song I'm listening to little random stuff and then a third will be work related things like obviously her agenda has its own page but once in a blue I'll throw out a her agenda related news item or a piece of content just so that people can stay up to date because I know not everyone follows 
my page and her Dennis page. So gotcha. it's just like to make myself seem like a whole person because we're not one dimensional people. So right. let people see a little bit of all sides of me. I'm glad you said that because my last question is, uh, how do you separate yourself from the brand? Um, her agenda is an amazing platform, great following. Ronisha is the CEO and you know the the head person of, of her agenda, but Ronisha the person and the company. Do you find ways where you separate, or do you are you, or are you your brand twenty four seven? I'm not my brand twenty four seven. No, <laughs> I have my moments. Like I'm a regular twenty something. I have my ratchet moments. I like to party. We all do, <laughs> especially Franz. I like happy hour and brunch, and that's not something that we really promote on her agenda we're very clean cut and professional but we also really advocate having time for yourself and, and spending time with friends and stuff like that so the funny thing is i used to feel guilty about not working and now i realize that it's just as essential to take breaks and have fun with your friends because that's your recharge it's like with the iphone like you could constantly be on your iPhone. The battery's going to die. Eventually, you have to plug it up and charge it. Mm -hmm. So me going to happy hour, go to, going to brunch, going to shows and concerts, and spending time away from my email and my computer is that recharge time. And so I feel like less guilty about taking those moments now because I'm like, okay, this is actually helping me work better. Right. Mm -hmm. Balance is uh, definitely key. So what are some things that you do to like, what are some restorative, because this is obviously like a really like drain, like you have to stay on so much. Yeah. You have to literally be on 100 at all times. I sleep like, a lot. I watch TV a lot. I love okay. Scandal. I with murder. <laughs> it's back tonight, right? Yes. I'm going home to watch it tonight. And what else do I do? I try to read. I don't get to read as much anymore because mm. reading now feels like work and it's really right. unfortunate but I need to get back into reading fiction books gotcha. I go to see Broadway plays I Ooh. love that because you have to turn your phone off Yeah, <laughs> so you really have to be engaged and get lost in another world and a play that I really recommend for people to see especially if you're ambitious and you're different and you think mm. differently is Wicked Wicked mm. is really? incredible that's it's, the uh, Wizard of Oz it's the story of the two witches from the Wizard of Oz Okay, and it's also a, a message in there about history and who gets to tell history and what the truth is versus history and what mm. history says the truth is it's really interesting mm -hmm. um what else do i do did i say i sleep a lot yes. <laughs> you could definitely say that twice yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah and then i have a boyfriend now so i you know talk to him and he's like a an outlet and a resource too. Yeah, Bhutan is, is definitely <laughs> necessary. I agree. Um, so you made a transition. You started off with journalism. Did you know when exactly you were making that transition to entrepreneurship or was that always part of the plan? Thank you. See, uh, we got we to have more media guests here. They, they know what's going on. Yeah, got to close the door all the way. Mm. Let's see. I always wanted to work for myself, but I didn't think I was going to do it so soon. Okay. And I ended up after graduation working at NBC and then I went to work at the Huffington Post. But in both cases, it just came down to I knew what I wanted in terms of media if I did stick with corporate mm -hmm. and my contract would be up in the positions that I wanted or the path that I wanted to follow wasn't available. And so I had a decision to stay in a position that I didn't want that probably wouldn't lead to where I wanted to be ultimately. And I would get, I felt like I would be getting I would get stuck possibly mm -hmm. or leave and take a chance at entrepreneurship and I said to myself well I'm 20 something I don't have a family 
not married. I don't have responsibilities. I could do it now, and I have great relationships with everyone that I work with. So the door, they said, was always open. So even though I didn't have, like, a trust fund or anything, I did feel like I had some type of safety net where, like, okay, if this doesn't work, I could eventually go back to working Mm, at this place. Absolutely. So what are some things that you do to uh, combat, like, a disappointment? Because I'm sure, like, as a as an entrepreneur, like, everybody sees, like, the highs, you know, they and definitely they want to be around the pop bottles for the high fives, do all that cool stuff. Yeah. And um, there are moments where you have your valleys, like, things didn't go as planned. What, what, what was the time that, um, you know, things didn't go as planned, and how did you deal with that? What's your coping method? Oh, my gosh. There's so many things that don't go as planned that no one knows about. <laughs> right. That's that's preferable, by the way. <laughs> Real talk. That's the key, you know, not showing those times. Yeah, yeah. but I also struggle with that because I, I'm like, if I share the highlights, I should also share the lowlights, mm-hmm. too, in order to be authentic and real. But, um, well, first of all, it's hard for me to remember a lot of the failures because so many of them have come that if mm. I held on to them, I wouldn't be able to function. Mm. <laughs> and so literally, I remember, though, like at one point, you know, entrepreneurship is all about getting funding and you want to get like investors or an accelerator or whatever. So for the longest, I was always applying to every accelerator program, like mm-hmm. Techstars, Y Combinator. Um, what else did I apply to? There's another one called Matter, which was specifically for media-based startups that were making a difference. I'm like, that is me. A media started making a difference. Ended up not getting it. And literally, you get these rejection emails right before you have to do something else, like have a team meeting, maybe do an interview with the blog, or maybe Mm. I host a lot of panels. Like, Mm. right before you go out on stage to host a panel, you get a rejection email, and you still have to push through that. And I do that just by, like, I don't know, just... Wanting to, it fuels me in a way to want to prove them wrong. Like mm-hmm. you didn't let me into this thing, you're gonna be sorry. So let me turn it up to the next level. Let me figure out why I didn't get into this, get the feedback, and also implement implement it, and then take it to the next level so that you are sorry that you passed on me. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much my motivation. And I'm from Brooklyn again. I'm very aggressive. So when it does happen, I do scream and Is like. Is she for a flatbush? <laughs> no, I live in Crown Heights right now, but I'm from all over. I went to school in Bushwick. I lived in Bed Stuy for a time. No, but she did not just give me the Rico for Hater for. I'm from everywhere. B, Amsterdam, <laughs> our town, Germany. Know, I'm betted. I'm betted. <laughs> I'm betted. The whole borough is what I claim. Right, right. Except Brownsville. Sorry. No shade to Brownsville. Yeah, that's but crazy. It's a little too crazy over there. I'm not that crazy. But yeah, you know, I go off to my friends. I have the group chat keeps me sane and keeps me from going on Kanye Kanye rants on Twitter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I wish she had a group chat because then maybe he'd be a little more sane. But yeah, his group chat is Twitter. Yeah, yeah. my friends keep me in check in terms of like not going off in the public sphere. (laughs) I want to touch on that a little bit, like in, in terms of friendship and womanhood. What? part of the spectrum are you responsible for like relationship wise between women what do you mean um like because it's i have a question in my head i really want to ask but it's not coming <laughs> forthright okay words. baby steps so let me find my words and i'll edit out whatever <laughs> but um 
in terms of womanhood, like there are a lot of things that are happening now that it, it feels like there's been, I mean, there's always been move, a women's movement, but it seems like this generation is turning it up a notch. Um, from the outside looking in as a male, like I feel like there's a, a new sense of community being formed in, in womanhood. So I want to know in what, in, in what um, capacity do you, do you see that, um, that community blossoming into and what is your role in that community? Um, so I get what you're saying. I think you're more so asking what my role is in terms of feminism and feminism and what that is today. Okay, we could go because <laughs> I, I didn't know, I, I wasn't really well, yeah, I guess because I, I, I don't know because I didn't want to like say feminism right off because it's like you know, not everybody wants to be like labeled or what have you, so I just uh -huh. want to be like, all right, well. I'm not sure if you're a feminist. I just was talking mm -hmm. about like, you know, like womanhood yeah. generally. The bottom line is women are just fighting to have access, to have ownership and agency over themselves and their bodies and not have politics dictate what they do with their bodies. And also to have equal access to opportunities to get jobs that they want and also to um, move up in the jobs that they want access to promotions the same type of access that a man would have and then also access to equal pay and getting paid you know at the level that they are they should be getting paid because they are just as qualified or in most cases more than qualified than men so my role specifically in that is one empowering women to know that they are qualified and they, they do deserve everything. They deserve to be in the room, they deserve that promotion, they deserve that corner office. And to do that by really shining a light and, and giving visibility to the stories that you don't often get exposed to because we live in a patriarchal society and often when people think entrepreneur or CEO, they think of a man. I want to change that and so I do that by really just pounding it in people's faces like this woman is a CEO look at her this woman mm. is an entrepreneur look at her she's a scientist look at her that's why movies like hidden figures are so powerful Yo, I have it to shows, go see that movie. Indeed. yeah, yeah. it shows to. those stories that are hidden and there's so many hidden stories especially with black women and so right. just really bringing those stories to light and then not only inspiring those women that come and see those stories, but giving them access to the resources and the communities and the networks that they need to be a part of to mm. make it happen for themselves. Because a lot of the times too, these opportunities are very under the table and they're part of like old boys networks and oh, stuff like yeah. that. And so now a lot of women are coming together, creating their own communities and sharing all of these different opportunities so that they can, so that we can all elevate because it's not about being the only woman at the table anymore. It's about really like, who can I bring with me? Mm. And that's the mindset that we have at Her Agenda. And I think that more women are having because it's like, we only have each other. And if we aren't looking out for each other, then who else is? And that's also too, there's another frustrating narrative about all the white women who voted for Trump because it's like, we're supposed to be in this together as women, and you completely turn your back That's on true. us. That's what I was thinking about too, like the um the the march. It was a lot of closet Trump voters I'm in that like, march. Yeah, though. I know all of you. Yeah, I'm you know convinced. I mean? like, right? yeah. I can't speak for New York specifically, but right, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> I went to the march actually. I was yeah. there, and it was a lot of white women. 
And you know some of them definitely voted for Trump. Yeah. It was, there was articles about it, too. Really? About that. I would love to yeah. hear that. Yo, I wish that there was some way to kind of throw a lasso around white woman rage and bottle and harness that energy. And whenever you need <laughs> something accomplished, just let it out. And then put the cap back on. Like, it's, it's, I really feel like things change. Like, women are, like, the greatest proponents of change. Like, you know, like, women are always going to be on the front lines for you. Women are always going to be um, ingenious in, in, in ingenuity and creating new things. But at the same level, like, I feel like that separation, like, the, it, doesn't, it doesn't allow for, like, positive growth. Like, I, it's interesting, like, whenever, like, white women balk at something or whenever there's an issue that affects that part of the community, things change instantly Mm -hmm. but let it be anybody else and it's like slow motion yes slow motion and i think that's what um that's what this work people like you doing to help change that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. people like uh people who start on these platforms to like help hopefully you know shift that change a little bit i have a question though um for somebody like you let's say just navigating the world getting their foot wet um what advice would you give them just starting off and they want to. They see themselves. Young girls see themselves. Like I could be a CEO. Renisha yeah. did it. Oprah did it. Uh, Michelle Obama's lit. I could be. You know. I could be. I could oh, be man, that. What um, What advice would you give them as far as stepping out into this very um challenging and uh sometimes uh energy uh draining, draining world. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness! What advice? You would think I would have this right off the top of my head, but I'm really I'm trying to I'm pretty sure people probably come to you for advice a lot. I can see They that. do, but it's all circumstantial, you know? So I'm right. trying to think of, like, something that's a little bit more blanketed that would be useful. Because mm-hmm. um, that's also part of how I operate. I don't like, do anything just to do it. I do it with purpose. And so, mm-hmm. like, even with, like, podcasts, right? I don't have my own podcast yet. <laughs> but I never just jumped into podcasts like, oh, let me do a podcast because that's the thing that everyone is doing. Right. Even with like women empowerment events, like we put on events, but they're always on, around a very, very specific topic. And it's gotcha. not just like women coming together to talk. It's right, just right. like there's a specific topic. I curate the speakers. I research them, make sure they have something relevant to contribute. Right, right. But anyway, that's not the question. The question was what advice? I would say um... Take more risks. I don't think, I think I did a lot when I was first starting, but I definitely could have done more mm. because I held myself back because of things like money. Like I, I wanted to originally start a, mag, start a magazine, a teen magazine. I did an interview for the cover story. I interviewed Mario, you know, the singer, Mario. Yeah. Interviewed yeah, him for the cover too. story. Yeah. I had, the, I downloaded the software to get the layout for the magazine. And I never printed it because I didn't have money. Mm. Meanwhile, I could have put out like a digital version or like just printing a few copies at FedEx Mm. or something and be like, yo, I have a magazine. And I could have been like huge, like Teen Vogue probably would have covered me and been like, this is the next. Like now there's that girl, Tabby Jeminson. I don't know if you know her, but she's Mm. this girl who started a teen magazine and like kind of really rose to fame off of that. Oh, nice. Actual print? 
Yeah. No, I think it was. I I don't know if it was print or digital. But anyway, just don't let anything hold you back. Like, if you want to do something, like, it's not going to be shiny and perfect. Just do it. Like, I should have just went down to Staples and printed out a magazine. Instead, I wanted to find a printer and I wanted it to be glossy and like perfect. Perfect. And I didn't have the money to do it. So I would just say, you know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there, take a risk, and it's not going to be perfect. And the whole point is to evolve. So just start and, and start with something. You might hate it, but the whole point is to evolve. But I learned that lesson early, again, in high school. So when I launched her agenda, I was telling someone else before I hated it when it first came out. I didn't even want to promote it because I thought it was ugly. It was too clunky. It was too much going on. It wasn't my vision that I really wanted. But because of that lesson I learned from never doing the magazine, I was like, all right, it's not what I want it to be right now, but I'm just going to keep going with it and start to accumulate support and interest and let people see what it is I'm trying to do. And people were able to see what my intention was and where I was going with it. And that helped me to then in 2012, when I had enough of my own money to invest into the company and hire someone to build it the way I wanted it to be built, I already had a following. It's not like I was starting from scratch. Mm, And so I had a little momentum. I had people reach out to me to contribute to the platform versus me trying to find writers and like saying, please write for me. Like people came to me because they had followed the movement. And then when they saw, oh wow, now it's next level. Like she just relaunched it. Like maybe she needs help with writers. And that's how that happened. That's tremendous advice. (laughs) <laughs> it definitely is. I'm gonna use that for my own life, actually. <laughs> um, so you are on Driven Minds. We ask every guest this question, and um, it starts with pretty much what drives you. What is that motivating factor that makes you wake up in the morning, do what you do, um, create this platform, and give this information to people who want it? And and pretty much, you have your own movement, right? Like you're one of the leaders of culture right now. What is that thing that drives Ronisha? Um, just knowing that it's bigger than me it's not about me Mm. and what really drives me is just literally every person's life that we change and there's like this girl in my head that I just imagine like wakes up and like sees you know the stories that we tell and, and looks at the opportunities that we post and like her life is just literally changing because of that access that we're giving her Mm. um but yeah it's just like a force where it's like i'm not self-driven it's just like something bigger than me that i'm playing into Mm. i have a purpose that's bigger than just what i want out of life so got you all right that's dope where can we find you on social media um my personal page or my company all the good stuff Alrighty, so get ready to write this down, people. (laughs) I'm at Nisha's Agenda on Twitter and Instagram. So at N-E-S-H-A-S Agenda. And then at Her Agenda for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for HerAgenda.com. Awesome. Well, we want to thank Ronisha for blessing us with uh, her presence for Absolutely. the Driven Minds podcast. It was a pleasure to meet you. We appreciate you. you. We'll keep championing you and supporting you everything you do, you know. And, uh, yeah, thank you again. Thank you. Do like we, we always. Do we toast? What? We should. With a champagne at? <laughs> come on, you're supposed to come through with the. Uh, we we, we could give the, a golf clap. Yeah, we had the handy last time. You know what I'm saying? Here we can start. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Stay driven, y'all. Stay driven.